the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off. And if you go there right now, you can get yourself a 90-day free trial, and then the 40% kicks in right after that. Plenty of coverage of post-draft, NFL offseason, all the grades, plenty of podcasts to go along with it. And uh, as these other sports try to figure out where they're going in terms of starting a season, pushing things back, uh, there's just lots, lots of talk, lots of creativity is what's happening right now. And a lot of people are turning to the articles to sort of give themselves some content as we are for this podcast today. So visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off. My name is Mike Gennetti. Welcome to this edition of the Track Podcast. We'll try to hit some, uh, a few notes today, not just the NFL. We'll talk some draft. We'll talk some fifth-year options. Uh, some, most of those decisions have been made. There's still a couple of things hanging in the balance. We've got the numbers on what these guys are going to cost in 2021. Um, and this has changed a little bit in the CBA, too, so I can get to that. Got a couple of questions from some Twitter followers, which we'll get to, which were pretty interesting. Bring in Scott Allen a little bit here and talk some numbers as well. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. Let's do it right now, actually. Let's talk about, let's talk baseball. It's been a while. Let's talk baseball. Um, I don't necessarily want to say when is this going to start, although, you know, the people that we follow, a lot of the articles that I've read here, um, sort of, everything sort of leads me to believe that July 4th just makes sense. And you can understand the the sort of romantic side of that as well. It's their all-star break. It's sort of the, uh, the induction of, America's pastime, right? So I I don't know from a health standpoint what any of that means or will be. It sure seems like everybody's kind of gearing up for getting themselves back into shape in June and then kicking things off either in the middle of June or, like I said, early July. What What have you read about baseball, about some things that may change, about a modified season, about a postseason? What have you read and what are your thoughts about this? Uh, I've heard altering divisions, altering where teams are going to play. Mostly I've heard Florida, Arizona. I think I've thrown, Texas has been thrown out there. So they're looking for some sort of semi-neutral site where teams could all be huddled together without, you know, too much having to fly all over the place. Um, like I said, I've seen some division realignment, which has been interesting, um, as far as the start is, I, I, outside of what you said, uh, they, it sounds like maybe June, July, maybe into August, uh, but it sounds like how, whatever the schedule may be, they want to try to get uh, like 100 games maybe, somewhere around there from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing you've said there and, and, and what I continue to read and what has tripped up all of these ideas to start is that you just can't have people flying everywhere on a no. regular basis and that's why I, I really do think that if and when we get back into it i mean you can say let's just get back to normalcy without fans i don't think that's enough it just doesn't seem like that's enough right now and uh, there's too much to risk i understand the money they can make just by having this stuff on tv and, and pushing forward with that kind of corporate advertising um, but to me there's still just too much to risk with i mean look how quickly rudy gobert's positive test changed everything it was instant <laughs> I mean, it was what happens when that happens again what happens when max scherzer yeah. tests positive you know it, it's yep. it's just it's gonna be a flip of the switch so I, I 
I wonder, I, I worry that they're going to go through all of these weeks and weeks and weeks of work just to get this thing off the ground, and then it's going to flip off instantly, which it should, by the way, but um, that's just in the back of my head, of course. I'm sure it's in the back of everybody's head. Here, mm-hmm. Here's the here's the, what I've, I don't want to dive too far down this because you can certainly read all about this on The Athletic, but the, the idea that I keep hearing, and I'm hearing it with every sport, and that makes me think it might be a good idea, M- meaning maybe these leagues should really get together and and have a conversation about what they can all do as one global idea to finish off 2020. And whether that's ba- baseball starting and ending a season, whether that's hockey and basketball sort of uh, in sync finishing their seasons. I, we all miss March Madness. We all miss that tournament that we, you know that we were lying and love so the chaos of it every year. I, I feel like that's the way to go. I feel like you could have, and I'm not talking about a limited either. I'm talking every NHL team plays in a round-robin tournament. Every NBA team plays in a round-robin tournament. And that's it. There's no regular season. Those games are done. It's, it's just a two-week-per-round kind of thing where, where you've got maybe six to eight teams in a location. So maybe it's you know Vegas and Arizona and, and wherever it's going to be if, if you're the NBA. right? You can designate maybe four locations and that's where, you know, six of the teams are going to be, and we go from there. And it's, it's just a couple of weeks of round-robin tournament that eventually gets you down to a couple of teams, and you finish this thing off. It's March Madness style, <laughs> right? And I think the NHL could do it. I think NBA can do it. And then maybe we see how that goes and the structure that they put together, and then baseball just follows suit. Does baseball really have to have regular season games in their traditional format? You know what I mean? Like... Does anybody really think that four-game series mean a damn if fans can't be there? They don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. So, I, I, in fact, I'd be, I think it'd be even more engaging if you had six teams in a location and you were doing round-robin and, 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 and there was a point system that, that kind of built up to a tournament where if you get enough points in the group stage, it's sort of like a World Cup kind of thing. You know what I mean? A soccer right. World Cup. Yeah. You've got a you've got a group stage that eventually goes into the uh, the the medal stages, and then you can you 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 work your way up to the tournaments and the medals. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no reason to try to be normal at all in 2020. No, I agree. At I all. think yeah. I think these I think these leagues have car uh, car blanche on whatever they want to do totally. and experiment give it as to us. much as possible. <laughs> right. Just give it to us. I mean, we could have in NBA and NHL, they could do. Uh, three game series, you win the series, you move on and it's just a tournament style. And, you know, because the season has already been uh, three quarters of the way through. Oh yeah. You already have your order. So you could just go one verse 30 two verse 29 to start. And then you just play through as a three game series. And if you lose two games, you're out and you move on. Um, I think that would be interesting. Something as uh, you were speaking that I thought of in conjunction with NHL and NBA is if for some reason they wanted to do a system where um, they pick four or six venues and they do like a double header where NHL plays, then you bring in, drop the, NBA floor and then the NBA oh, plays something like that. <laughs> I, I know that's kind of a logistical nightmare, but I mean the the fact that these leagues could essentially think outside the box of some sort 
Um, and, you know, the well, staff. Well, I was just going to say, the, Scott, that's not a bad idea because you would be combining staff, which is a big right. part of this. I mean, one game for one of these professional leagues takes dozens and dozens of people to get off the ground. So you, it, it, it's not a terrible idea when you're thinking it from, from the behind the scenes aspect. No. No, and from the, you know, the stat heads who would put asterisks on this, everything's going to have an asterisk oh, yeah, yeah. this season anyway. Yeah. So you just need to throw those things out the door. And, and they really need to have fun with it and experiment and come up with something that, you know, is going to be entertaining but salvage a, a quote-unquote season at, at this point. This is all about business. That's Absolutely. what this is. This is this is nothing about your Hall of Fame. Nothing. That's all out the window. Okay. This is all about the the business of sports and how it impacts so much else in the economy. Just gaining some ground back. That's it. And uh, you know, the balance isn't just the health part of it, which is a huge part of it, but it's also getting something into 2020 without screwing up 2021. <laughs> You know, because if you yeah. have if you push baseball into late November, I, there's just so many antics. I mean, how do you have a normal NBA off season with free agency and all that? It's just there's just a lot to get into. We've, we've talked about it before. Um, mm-hmm. But look, at the ideas are starting to really percolate. And it's it's piqued my interest to the point of where I really do think something's coming, at least in June. Um, I, I would imagine May is just going to be a month of you know, lockdown, stay away, and we'll figure these ideas out. We'll really get some of these ideas uh, more formalized. I, I do like the idea of at least the NBA and the NHL having a singular idea, a singular plan, because there's so much about it, it, it aligns with the number of teams. Now, what doesn't necessarily align is we don't know where these NHL players are. There's so many international players that could be, yeah. uh, you know, elsewhere that's a big part of it. And the NBA's got their fair share as well. I, I, I would imagine the majority are still in America, but I, I obviously can't speak to that. So that's a big deal. That's one of the problems golf isn't back is the international part of it where you just can't have people traveling. I mean, they literally can't travel right now to America without some sort of special pass. So we'll see. There's a lot of logistics, but I do think the whole month of May, as long as the trends stay on, on track here with with the virus, you know, you know, we don't get another major spike. My guess is May will be just be logistics, formalizing some kind of plan for June. And I think when we're talking baseball, the plan is probably July to get things off the ground. But I, yeah, I would just, think it so. It seems especially like with, it's positive. It does. Especially with in baseball, pitchers having to warm up and get their arm back yeah. into some sort of flow, having been off for so long. And I know basketball guys, some guys haven't even been able to shoot because they've been so they haven't really been anywhere. So they're going to have to have some kind of uh, modified well, training type thing that, to, to get the rust off. How about this then? Because, I mean, you said it and it's smart. Nothing's off the table, right? Nothing should be normal. And if they're worried about guys not being ready physically, Baseball should go to a seven game, a seven inning game. I mean, you should have starters oh, going four yes. innings and then three innings of relief pitchers. Dial everything back. Dial the amount of games they're going to play. Dial how long these games are. There's no extra innings. Bring in the minor league tiebreaker, guy on second base, two outs, all, all that stuff. Do everything you can do to fast track this thing, right? Make sure whenever you're playing a game, you can make it count. Um, you know, you're still going to have your weather issues and all that, but 
I think all of that should be on the table. Shorten games, no more extra innings, all that good stuff. I, I, and oh, by the way, if you're going to have the shortened season, which clearly they are, I think the tournament style is going to be the most engaging for the viewer, for, for the home viewer, which is really what this is all about. Well, it's about getting, even, getting yeah. eyes, eyeballs on the TV so that you can sell, continue to sell the advertising. That's the business here. There's no well, gate. Well, that, there's there's and, no gate. Well, that and some of these leagues are aligned and partnered with some of the betting, FanDuel, DraftKings, that kind of stuff. So yep. if you throw in a, a tournament style, you're able to get the betting aspect back into – well, into as long as they, as long know. as they're able to build their systems accordingly, because that's going to be a whole different, as you know, as a developer, they're going to yeah. have to, you know, ramp up their 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 redevelopment plan here to make well, sure that they can account for that. But, yeah, of course, the, the other the other thing that could be interesting is, you know, we've the NBA has talked about the potential of just eradicating divisions, conferences and just you know, top make it into the uh, the playoffs. And you could have someone like the Lakers in the Celtics playing in round one. Sure. This is a potential for experimentation with something like that as well, which would make your ratings go up even more because you're seeing those marquee franchises play not just in the in the finals, but in round one or two yeah. or whatever you may have. I think the NHL did this, Scott, and I don't think it was received well because you had teams like Washington and Pittsburgh playing way too early. Um, I, I actually think the complete opposite might happen. I, I think if they go with this tournament style like we're, like we're proposing here and everybody gets in, what if people love that, right? What if then the regular season will matter for everybody because everybody's going to get in. It's just about where you rank. Just seeding. Yeah, it's, it's just, just seeding. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, there may be some pushback on, you know, should the Orioles really be in when they're literally not going to field a team this year, you know? Um, but... I wonder if that's the test that, that that we see in 2020, whereas you see 30 teams in some in some round robin tournament, and if the 26 seed makes it to the finals, right? Are we going to love that as a fan base, or is it going to be, you know, oh, that's that stinks. That that was cheap. Uh, we'll see. To me, that's what we might see, and I wonder how that'll be received. We're, we might see robotic umpires because you want to reduce the you know human contact out there. There's just a, a lot at play here for all these sports. But I think my my biggest wish is that league executives are getting together and trying to get a global plan in place because it shouldn't be – you can make one-size-fit-all right now for the rest of 2020. You really can. I mean, it's about travel. It's about health. It's about keeping as many people out of the arenas as possible. It's just To me, it's all the same stuff. So just figure it out and make it, make it work. There shouldn't be a situation where the NHL has a worse plan than the NBA. That, that to me is stupid. That's, that's just a lack of communication. So hopefully that's happening right now, but that's probably too much to ask, right? Well, most sports are currently at a standstill. It's never too early to start preparing your updated fantasy football draft roster. And there's no better resource than Fantasy Pros. With their flagship draft wizard, Mock Draft Simulator, you can customize any format that your fantasy league plays. Run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents and prepare for any scenario your draft might face. Everything's going to be updated. We've got rookies. We've got UDFAs. There's plenty to deal with right now, especially if you're a dynasty draft. And, you know, extensions like Deshaun Watson will matter to you. Get in there. Start cranking the numbers out. Start figuring out what the heck is about to happen here as we push towards the, uh, you know, the, the preseason schedule and things like that. It's going to come soon, especially with nothing else going on. 
So keep up with it on Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl today. Get a head start on your competition. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl. All right, let's move on here. Let's get on to some football um, and pay some bills here with our fifth-year options. That's really the, the big week for that. May 4th is the deadline. We've had plenty of them come through already. The uh, Most of the no-brainers have come through. Um, you know who hasn't come through yet? Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I, I don't know why, but Patrick Mahomes has not officially been exercised on his fifth-year option. So for whatever reason. What? When is that deadline? May 4th. So there's May plenty 4th. of time. It's, I don't know, is Andy Reid just trying to be dramatic? I mean, it's possible they're just trying to work out a deal. and They're not even worried about the fifth-year option right now. So that could be it. I'm, I'm certainly not worried about Patrick Mahomes' fifth-year option. I just, I'm just making a point that it hasn't been exercised yet. <laughs> Look, the other quarterback in play is Mitchell Trubisky. That's the big one. Deshaun Watson's been exercised. They're working on a deal for him right now. He's going to reset this whole market. Trubisky obviously is on a ridiculously scorching hot seat because of the acquisition of Nick Foles. It's a $25 million option for next year. Doesn't fully guarantee until March 17th of next year. If I had to guess, I'd probably say no. That would be my guess. That's probably going to be one of the, one of the bigger ones to be declined. Outside of that, you've really got some guys who have already bounced around a little bit that really, you know, there's some linebackers who... They sort of already been replaced on the uh, on the roster. I threw out a big tweet of all the names that are essentially maybes at this point, including Trubisky, and I've got the price tag there. A lot of the wide receivers are, are questionable. Corey Davis at Tennessee, John Ross in Cincinnati. I'm not sure on either of those. I'd probably lean towards no. I'd lean towards no on Leonard Fournette, eight and a half million for Jacksonville next year. Uh, you know they're trying to trade him for one cent on the dollar at this point, so he's probably a no. Another one to watch is Evan Engram, the tight end for the Giants. It's only $6 million, but he just, for some reason, they don't love him. I, I tend to think he could have a huge year just with a, a rookie quarterback who needs the breakout and Daniel Jones. Certainly, they're going to try to run the ball a little more with Saquon, but I, I just think I think he's a player. Maybe he's not the player they wanted him to be, but I would certainly, I, I don't think $6 million for a tight end is worth gawking at for one more year, at least, especially when it's not even guaranteed. So. But you can, you can check out the whole list. I've got it at Spotrick on Twitter. And uh, as those get updated, we'll have them on the website as well. Scott, any, any thoughts there? What are your thoughts on Trubisky? Um, I think they're going to decline it. Okay. I, uh, I think with the... Do you think they're trying to trade him right now? I think it's possible. I, I wouldn't. I think it's possible, too. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't put it past it. I mean, obviously, the field the offers and see what is out there for him. And then... I mean, maybe they're they're polling to see is there that market for him? If not, let's decline it. We've got foals and exactly. And you want to look now because you want to give the acquiring team the ability to make the decision on that option. So that's why right. I'm saying right now they're at least probably feeling it out. I mean, it's not like they have they've got Tyler Bray on the roster, who's a somewhat halfway decent backup. That's the that's the other part of this though. It's not like Nick Foles is. Uh, is Mr. Durability here. You know, he's coming off a nasty injury in Jacksonville that limited his role there. You're going to have to have some kind of viable backup plan, which Trubisky certainly would be if he doesn't win out that, that starting role. Um, so my guess is or, it's, they're, they're probably going to try to trade him for a decent cost right now, which, you know, that, that seems like a miracle. <laughs> with, with all the quarterbacks that just moved, with Cam Newton being available, even though he's probably not ready for a backup role, and with Andy Dalton likely to be re- – I bet you Andy Dalton gets released in a week, if I had to guess. I, after the draft, now that things have sort of laid out a little bit, 
I bet he gets released. And, uh, you know, I think people would take Andy, Andy Dalton for near minimum versus Mitchell Trubisky at basically $4 million this year. So I, it, it seems impossible. But I, I'm guessing that the Bears are at least entertaining it, right? Yeah, I mean, we talked about last uh, podcast that you thought this might be a team that is potentially the worst in the, uh, yeah, in right. the NFL here. That's right. Our so terrible maybe they, conversation. Maybe they, maybe they decline. They're horrible. They end up getting Trevor and <laughs> they go from there. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. It's a good defense they, though. It really is. It is. But if you're not locked into it and maybe they acquire some other assets or maybe they do trade him, do get an asset and they, yeah, some, look, I'm, I, I got, I got clapped back when I mentioned it on Twitter not too long ago, but Josh Rosen got, got traded and Josh Rosen was in a way worse spot than Trubisky is now. And Trubisky's only got the one year left, assuming this thing gets declined. And even if it doesn't get declined, it, it, it's not even guaranteed until next March. You can dump out, you know, March 15th and be perfectly safe. No dead cap, no cash. So even if the bears end up exercising this and he's still tradable because that thing is going to be declinable. I say the same thing about Leonard Fournette, by the way, I mean, eight and a half million is high for a running back, but we just saw Arizona slap a transition tag at about that price for Kenyon Drake. Right. I mean, that's the same price that it's going to cost for net next year and higher in a seemingly higher salary cap. Uh, so I, I, to some, to some degree, I'm not sure it really ever makes sense to decline, but that's going to change going forward. I need to get this out there. This is the last draft class where all of these these rules stay intact. Because of the new CBA, starting next year, the 2018 draft class, the Josh Allens, Lamar Jacksons, that crew, um, fully guaranteed the second you exercise it. And not only that, but we really won't know the price because it's not going to be a per-position price, which is actually a good change because there's so much controversy between outside linebacker versus defensive end versus defensive tackle. You've got tight ends who play like wide receivers like George Kittle who, you know, could question it and, and go to arbitration for that kind of thing. Uh, so that's a good change. But not, not only that, but you can actually make more. So if, if you've got, for instance, Trubisky versus Mahomes this year, if this was next year, because Mahomes has won an MVP and a Super Bowl and all, he's been on the All-Pro team and Pro Bowls, he would make more. He, you can get, you can earn incentives on that fifth-year option based on performance and playing time and all that good stuff. So it's not, it, it's a sliding scale, which again I agree with. Not, not so much the Pro Bowl because it's garbage, but you know, just basically, if you've got proven escalators and proven, if you've hit bonuses, they can be tacked on and make your fifth-year option even more expensive, which is great because. We've talked about it a lot. It's going to get harder and harder to get a, a second contract in this league. It's just going to be it, it's just a fact. So whatever money you can tack onto your rookie contract is going to be good for everybody because it's just the careers are dwindling from a contract standpoint. Speaking of that, I want to stay in the Bears division. We would be remiss, Scott, if we didn't mention Aaron Rodgers here and at least yeah. at least have a conversation about this because I've tried to stay away from it. I know it's dominating so many of the uh, of the headlines right now. But I, just, I had to get involved this morning a little bit. I threw a tweet out there with just, look, <laughs> it's completely plausible that they trade him after 2020. It, it could happen now. I mean, they would take a ridiculous hit. But we, we can't discount this at, at all right now. He's probably pissed. I mean, really pissed. And not like Brett Favre's pissed. 
because Brett Favre probably saw this coming to some degree. There's not a chance Aaron Rodgers saw this coming. And to be blindsided like that, and then, oh, by the way, all these stories came out about how, you know, Matt LaFleur and, and Rodgers have really, they're really at odds, and they're really just kind of playing a part together on the field, um, which, by the way, was the reason they fired Mike McCarthy in the first place and brought in Matt LaFleur was because they had to fix the, a broken relationship between Rodgers and a coaching staff. So it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. It just seems like, whether you want to believe it or not, that Rodgers' time there is, is dwindling. And, uh, you know, whatever ego or whatever attitude or whatever expectations he has now as a 36-year-old veteran quarterback, future Hall of Famer, it seems like Green Bay is getting tired of that. And how else can you say it? But that, I mean, that's what that draft pick meant to me is you can talk about the motivation side of it all you want. Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean me motivated. He's a cool guy mm-hmm. that can turn on the switch mm-hmm. whenever he wants to. Um, this, was a, this was a parting shot. This was a parting shot. I think Schefter said it immediately after the draft pick. This is Aaron Rodgers is now on the clock. He's, he's dead right. There's no other way to look at this. So my tweet this morning was basically, when is that clock going to, going to end? You know, like, when is his time officially going to be up? From a contractual standpoint, the dead cap says two years. But this is how I laid it out in the tweet. If he plays 2020, and I think he will, but it might be ugly, um, he's got a $7 million roster bonus next March, which, which would generally mean you know, the team has to get rid of him before that. I say they, they, the two sides play ball a little bit, and Rodgers basically agrees to push back the payment of that roster bonus. It'll be guaranteed, but he can push back the actual payment of it in, into the summer after June 1st, which then allows Rodgers to be traded after June 1st, which splits up the $31 million of dead cap over two years, which is doable for Green Bay. Then you're taking on like $12, $13 million next year and uh, saving yourself a decent amount of cap as well, and cash, by the way. Rodgers gets out, which I think at that point he's going to want out. He probably wants out right now, uh, but he's going to be a good soldier for a year and see if he can rectify this thing. And by rectify, I mean go and throw for 50 touchdowns, right? The, uh, just, <laughs> it's just going to be an FU year for him for sure. And if at the end of the year he still needs out, he'll demand it. And I think this will be the compromise. It'll be a post-June 1st trade to split the dead cap up to make it possible because otherwise Green Bay has to say no. They, they just flat out have to say no. I, you, I don't think you can take on $31 million of dead cap in one year. That seems astronomical. It's about $10 million more than any team has ever taken ever. So... To me, this is the only option. You push back that payment of the roster bonus. You do a post-June 1st trade, and you get him to San Francisco. You get him to New England, wherever it's going to be, um, the Raiders, wherever it's going to be. And you take your lumps. You're still saving $73 million of cash if you're Green Bay, which is maybe the, the most important part of this. You get to at least give Jordan Love a chance on a ridiculously cheap rookie contract. You save yourself over $70 million of cash from Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you're taking a couple of years with a dead cap for him. But it, to me, it just seems like we're headed towards a situation that is not rectifiable. And we've seen it a couple times here, Scott, with Antonio Brown. That was not mm-hmm. re- twice, maybe three times with Antonio Brown over the past 18 months. But there, there's just a point of no return where social media can be so dominating and it, it can push, it, it can drive a narrative so hard. I don't know how this one turns around outside of, you know, like I said, Rogers just going out and slinging and everything turning back on to how great he is. And there's no one that's ever going to replace him. And he's here forever. And they 
you know, whatever. They restructure and give him more money, right? I mean, what else can you do to rectify Aaron Rodgers' situation right now outside of the fact that he's just going to flat-out demand to get out of there at some point? And what, maybe it's now. Maybe I'm overthinking this, and he's going to say tomorrow, I'm never coming back. That, that, that was, you know, not including me in this conversation was too much of business over football, over loyalty. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. What, any thoughts there? I'll just make it easy for you. Is he gone this year? Is he gone next year? Or is it two years like the contract actually says it should be? Two years. I think it'll be gone next year. Okay. And my initial thoughts as you were speaking were he'll be 36 going on 37 for the 2021 season. Yeah. What What is he going to garner? Two first rounds, two first rounds in oh a second. God. I you don't know. know. What, what, but what what could you go for that if he's still at an elite level or even above average, depending on where he might go? But I, I think it would be interesting of what could he actually go for? Um, yeah. I mean, especially if you say he goes out this season and he is lights out and that just raises his value even more. Yeah. Um, even though he's still pissed at the world, pissed at the Packers for what they've done. Um, I, I, obviously, time will tell, uh, but the, the, the saga is not going to go away. And every week that he plays, it's going to be brought up. It's going to be like Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Yeah, you're right. For the whole season. And they regret that. And they do. Yeah. And it and it's going to be a constant knife in the side for the whole season, and it's going to cause you know, everyone. Scott, that's such a great point. It's such a great point because you're right. That did just come up. I think it was Draymond that basically said yep. that drained said. us the whole year because we didn't know where his head was. We had to assume, just like everybody else in the world had to assume one way or the other, we wish he would have just come out and said it. And you know when I thought of that? I thought of that during the Bulls, this Bulls documentary. When, yeah. when this conversation came out, like, how could Jerry Krause do that? How could, he, how could he say to a Hall of Fame coach and to the greatest player of all time, this is going to be it. This is your last year, and, and I'm going to go public at a press conference and say this out loud. Maybe it's not so freaking crazy, right? Because that's exactly what it did. It, it was a mic drop on this whole conversation. This is it. Everybody's been told this is it. Phil Jackson will not be the coach next year, and that probably means Michael Jordan's not going to be here as well next year. Jerry Krause just basically said, we're not going to have this conversation every single day. We're done. Um, and it probably helped them stay a little bit sane. Now, there's still plenty of questions to Jordan about what his future is going to be. Is he going to retire? And he let those things fester. But the, the Bulls organization did not. There was no question what was going to happen. You're right. The Durant situation was ugly in Golden State. This is what 2020 is going to be like for Green Bay. You're, you're absolutely right. This is such a great way to look at it. And... If what I'm saying is what Green Bay's thinking, they should absolutely say it out loud. This is, you know, he's he, Aaron's a huge future Hall of Famer. He's given us a hell of a run. We're going to give him sort of a swan song curtain call here in 2020 and hope we can get to the finish line with him one more time. But after that, we're going to make a move and go in a different direction. I know it sounds crazy, but I think from a psychological standpoint, it might be brilliant. Mm -hmm. Although it'll, yeah. <laughs> it, won't, it won't help his trade value, but. Um, yeah, I, I, you're right. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be an absolute mess. So we'll see. But I'm looking, by the way, trades of quarterbacks. We just don't have it. We just don't have a quarterback. 
that we can even – I mean, Teddy Bridgewater got a third-round pick from the Jets. That, that's not even close to comparable. We, we just don't have this. We don't have a major quarterback getting moved. Garoppolo was a second. Anybody was crazy young and wasn't proven yet. In my opinion, well, I, if you're getting Aaron Rodgers with a contract that's got three years and $73 million left, which is $24 million a year, I, that's at least a first, at least a first. Maybe a first and a second. I wouldn't think it's two firsts, Scott, because he is 37. Um, and he may have... But he, you know... He, go ahead. You know certain teams would definitely give two firsts and a second to, to take on that for the potential of... You know, if they're a quarterback away from, you know, to the promised land, so, someone would do it. You think? I, I think so. Let's throw out... Uh, who's a team that could... I mean, they're not going to trade into the Bears. <laughs> no, but... The Raiders. Let's say, let's say the Raiders improve. I was going to say the Browns. They've got assets around yeah. Baker Mayfield. Maybe they don't think he is the, the guy, and maybe they say, all right, we're, we need that one guy who can really raise the level of our wide receivers, our sure. running backs, tight ends. And, I mean, we've, we've seen what they've done as far as signing uh, what Austin Hooper and bringing in some other guys, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like that needed to pull the trigger on something. It's not like a bad, that. That's not a bad example at all. Um, if Garoppolo struggles, San Francisco's absolutely in, in that mindset as well, although that'd be a tough trade for the Packers to make. Well, I agree with the Raiders that you brought up. Yeah. I mean, that's a team that... Uh, oh, Gruden would be all over that. <laughs> right. All over well, it. And, well, and let me let me say this, too. I mean, San Diego, they drafted Los a rookie Angeles. In the first round. Or, yeah, <laughs> Put a dollar right. in the pot, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers, they, what if they do this year and the kid doesn't work out and they need Oof. a splash in Los Angeles? You're going to get at least they, two years, don't you think? Is the number six pick? I mean, I know yeah. Rosen didn't get it, but you would think. Yeah. But and we've talked about this. Well, Teams don't take enough risks in the past, but we know that if for some reason they start this kid and he doesn't do very well, or you know, obviously we know Peyton Manning didn't start off very well either. Yeah. But if they they're in that market and they need a splash that everyone's talked about, Tom Brady going there or whoever. Making a trade after next season may be the splash that they need, well, especially for that high-caliber uh, player. The, the weapons are there. The defense is there. This is what happened with Arizona, if you remember. Um, now, Arizona wasn't half the team that the Chargers appear to be on paper at that point, but the, they fired the coach. They fired the coach. And uh, when Kingsbury came in, he wanted his own toys. That's that's essentially what what drove Josh Rosen out of town. Obviously, uh, Anthony Lynn. I know he got extended, and it was sort of a good grace, a good graces extension. If that happens, though, if they have a terrible year, and Herbert's terrible or Tyrod, whatever happens, and Anthony Lynn doesn't survive twenty twenty, then everything's on the table because that's exactly what the Arizona situation was, well, where they changed the coaching staff, and with that was you know demanded a quarterback change. You're absolutely right. That could happen at that point. And well, and let me say this too. Maybe they see that Herbert has potential. Maybe they still make the trade so that he sits behind Rodgers more so than Tyrod. Yeah, of course. And, and 
that situation where he can really be groomed for the three years that ha- that Rodgers has left on his on his contract, and then it's next man up, and the kid is learned and is ready to go. Sure. Um, so I could see something like that happening as well, and and they they have room next year, um, as of right now, to to take on Rodgers' salaries. So I mean, I I think. Some teams, wherever this goes, they they need to take some risks. And I know we've talked about this before where they're conservative, but some of these teams that are, are close, and like you said, the Chargers have assets and they need that one extra person, that quarterback that is going to raise the level. This may be that, that situation. And, you know, if the Packers are willing to move on, then – so game on. So let's finish with this on 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 the Packers situation. Are we all going to be laughing at ourselves, or are we? Is the joke going to be on us in eighteen months? Are they going to flip Jordan Love? I I would not put that <laughs> past either. It's sort of like uh, the the guy from Draft Network that you had on a couple of weeks ago, where he mentioned about Tua and his assets. Sure, you know, take him just because it, he is an it, asset. Yeah. Right, and if he doesn't play, his value goes up because he hasn't been tainted by you know playing on a real field with real NFL players on a bad a team. Game. <laughs> so yeah, I I could see that potentially happening. Oh, you know you know which team I'm thinking about, and, and it's really for any of these quarterbacks, whether it's the veterans uh, who are looking for better work. Maybe it's Jameis in 2021 after his stint in New Orleans the Steelers are going to be really freaking interesting because mm. they can get out of Ben's contract after this year for a, a decent amount of savings. It's certainly not guaranteed, that's for sure. Um, and his health just scares me. You know, he's had to bounce back so many times. At some point at his age, it's just not going to happen anymore, even though, I mean, I gave him all the credit for keeping – he keeps getting up and throwing the ball, that's for sure. Um, that's a team to watch. The, the Lions are, of course, a team to watch. We've talked about Stafford being out the door after this year many times. There, there are going to be teams, for certain, that are going to be either be looking younger or different. And that's a good recipe for guys like Jameis and Cam Newton and, you know, Jordan Love if he's on the trade block. I, I, it's not crazy. It's not crazy that the Packers pay him $13 million for one season and then find a trade partner. <laughs> oh yeah it, it not could at all. it could happen it really could so keep an eye on that i guess yeah that's uh that's enough football talk for today what else we got scott what's going on around the, the other leagues anything on your gamut no not much i mean starting to die there was another there's another uh high school oh superstar yeah, yeah. That let's get into this a little bit why don't he, you why don't you recap how this is all going down just so uh people who haven't listened a couple of weeks ago can get the uh the update on this scott so you have some uh high school players who are signing with the, I guess some are just calling it G league, but it's like an in-between G league and where they're making this developmental squad. And we had two players a couple weeks ago sign one with incentives could get up to like a half a million dollars. The other was 250,000, I think, or something around there. I think this one was about 300, right? This one was about 300. Yeah. So the NBA is bringing in these high school kids. And I think we're going to see more of this over the next uh, month or two, especially if for some reason, you know, college game doesn't 
come back to what it's going to be or if they even have it at all, depending on how everything with this virus goes on. Uh, but yeah, these kids are coming in and they're going to develop them. They're, they're not associated to any team and they'll be able to go into the draft next year. It's essentially bypassing the one and done and they're getting development with actual NBA uh, entities. And there's a life skills part of the program and they will be from what I know they're going to be playing G league teams and mm. other country teams. And um, they want to play between 20 to 25 games. So these kids are going to get development and they don't have, they're not going to have to be going to class. So they're going to be working out. They're going to be in the gym. They're working out with uh, some veterans that have been in the league. So like I said, that's three that we've seen now. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a few more trickle in here as we get closer to you know, things coming back. And Especially and, if college basketball is in the balance. Yeah, and this whole like, likeness that the NCAA <laughs> cannot figure out. I mean, these kids are able to come in and they, they're – Signing they can sneaker get deals, endorsements. right? Yeah, they're, they can sign sneaker deals. They can they're, they're signing contracts. Uh, Not only that, Scott, the but they're learning about that stuff. Exactly, that's part yeah. of it. Is they're getting an education on how the endorsements work, how sponsorships work, how to handle the uh, the interview part part of it all, and the social media part of it all. It, that side of it to me is absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's a it's clearly a, an evolving thing right in front of our eyes. The fact that the NBA is involved is a big deal. And if I'm college basketball, I'm slightly concerned. Slightly. I, there's no, I mean, college basketball is not going away. You're still going to have plenty of, uh, plenty of players. You, you just might not have your, uh, your big superstars at all. I think this is going to really start to turn some eyes for that. So we'll see. All right, let's do this, Scott. Let's go to – I threw out a, a question tweet this afternoon and got some good ones. And I'm sure you haven't read these, so I'm going to put you on a spot with a couple of these. Here's okay. a great one from Justin Potter. Which position in other professional sports do you see becoming like the running back in terms Ooh. of position rarely warranting a huge contract extension because of devaluation? Let's, I'll give you this. Uh, talk about it from a basketball standpoint because I think there's one there. The center? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. the big man in general. Right? Big man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen, we've seen that already where you're going to, you know, five tool player who can do everything, shoot, run, jump, uh, not just be down low. So yeah, I think center, um, from a contract standpoint in hockey goalies, maybe. Yeah, we've seen it. We have seen I mean, it. It's been, we, we know, we know in the playoffs, they want the hot goalie and teams are usually reluctant to really pay a lot of money in, in these days, at least from what I've followed well really the the comparison scott is that whenever a goalie does get paid we're, we analyze it like we do a running back who gets paid like the girlies and the and mm -hmm. the Le'Veon bells and it just it's never worth the price of admission it just isn't yeah. the, the past decade none of those major goalies you can say that uh that uh henrik lundquist, henrik lundquist in new york had a couple of good years after he was you know made a 10 12 million dollar goalie uh but you're just never going to get the long-term success that you need on these long-term hockey contracts because of the way that the cap works and how you have to spread out the years so much. So un unless you can start giving short contracts, 
which could then increase the average salary, right? You could have, if you could do a two for 20 on a goalie, I'm sure a lot of teams would do it. But this, these six and seven and eight year deals on that kind of price tag just is never going to be worth it, which is a lot of what we're saying with the running backs, almost exactly. It's a, it's a modified version of the franchise tag, which is what we're going to see with a lot of these guys going forward here. So I thought that was a good think, question. Yeah, I think the other position that I kind of think of is, is catcher and baseball. You know, I, I tried to just formulate a thought in my head on that, Scott, because certainly as we go towards more technology in the game, I think they're going to take away the pitch calls for sure. Yeah, so, those pitch framing calls? Well, if you have robotic umpires, there won't be framing. Well, there might be. But I actually mean putting fingers down and, and giving a sign to the oh, pitcher. I think right. you're going to have you know, Bluetooth devices in these pitchers' ears that are going to be relayed from the bench. I think that's where we're going, if I had to guess. And you're going to take it out of the catcher completely. So there will be a reduced role, but you're still going to have to play some, some, you know, some defense and things like that and, and obviously have to hit. Um, so that might be – that to some degree, the catching position is going to change, but I don't think it's going to be devalued – like the run, the reason the running back's been devalued so much is because you need four of them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to pay one guy fifteen. You should just pay four, five each, or four, right. four each. Um, you know, and I'm exaggerating that, but that's the point I'm trying to make here. Which you can say the same thing about the center in basketball at this point. You know, you can say that Joel Embiid, you know, should make forty million dollars a year sometimes, but I don't think most nights people say that. They just don't. Yeah, but. Right, because you look at the Lakers, they've got Howard and JaVale McGee, and they're and the, not paying. And the Warriors did the same. They, they've gone cheap I mean, in that regard. We, Anthony Davis is down there, but, I mean. Oh, he's not a five, though. He, he's not a five. He's right. not a five. So, um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's a great one. Let's see. What else do we have here? Do we think that salary caps are going to be impacted on a lack of revenue this year? I can't see how they won't be. I can't. I mean, I, they're going yeah. to coop as much as possible, and that's really what this is all about. But we talked about this, Scott, and I'll say it again to you and, and get some feedback. I think these leagues have to do whatever they can do to keep the current salary cap at bay. Now, if that means not, not increasing, I guess I can be okay with that. But I don't think they should drop any of these leagues. I don't think they should drop their salary cap. I think that would be added trouble from a player standpoint that they don't have to deal with just – Mortgage yourself for 18 months get, and give yourself time to get back on track. Look, we're all going to pay for sports again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like you're a, you're a mom-and-pop restaurant right now where it's you've got six weeks to make this work or you're done forever, and, and that's unfortunately going to happen with a lot of the smaller businesses. That's not what's going to happen with these leagues. These leagues were going to be able to get this money back at some point. I, I don't think they should sacrifice too much right now, especially from the player's pay for, uh, standpoint. I think they should really try to hold tight and keep things at least normal and, and not go under. Because I think going under, especially in basketball, Scott, we talked about it, that can be very damaging to some of these players' contracts. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about with the NBA where the, the possibility of it just freezing at right. the cap that it is this year so there's no issues of uh, falling. or, But I, I agree. And, and just they to clarify, to the reason something. we're saying that with basketball is because contracts are tied – to the salary cap. It, you know, based on how many years yeah. you've played, your maximum contract is structured as a percentage of that league salary cap. So, well, for instance, a yeah, guy who signed even... last year is, is going to make probably more than a guy who, who could sign next year on a lower cap. That's just the, the reality of it, and it's the, the fairness well, and part of it is of not those, good. 
You have some of those extensions that are percentage-based and your max salaries are percentage-based. We talked right. about that with Damian Lillard and the potential uh, extension of Giannis. Uh, but on top of that, the rookie scale is based on sure. the percentage, those exceptions. So if for some reason the, the cap went down, then those players that are coming into the draft this year would be making less than the players that were drafted last year. Yep. And the league does not want that to happen uh, so I think they have to do everything possible to at least freeze it or if they can somehow get it to raise a little bit. But I think you're, you're right. What's going to end up happening is once sports does come back, it's going to be like it's gonna be the explosion. NFL. It's going to be like the NFL lockout in 2011 yes. where everything exploded. I mean, we saw it on our site. Sure. I mean, it was just an, an explosion of people wanting to see salaries and contracts as soon as these leagues come back. And if they're all, if they do all come back at relatively the same amount of time, yeah. I mean, TVs are going to explode because people aren't going to be able to flip fast enough to see what they want, what they want to watch. So yeah. yeah, there's no question that. And that's what I'm saying. Whenever the, the right time to go full with these sports exists again, whether that's 2021 or, or a little sooner, the money's going to start coming back. We're all going to start going to baseball games again. We're all going to buy beers and hot dogs. Like that stuff's not going away. That's long term. But now I will I will say uh, on the NBA standpoint, okay. they're in a sort of a different predicament because of what happened at the beginning of the season with China and Daryl Morey. Sure. So yeah, uh, there was already they, revenue lost there. You're right. It it was already revenue lost that was already being calculated into their formulas. Uh, so th they're in a different situation than, say, the NHL because of that situation. So it'll be interesting to see where the NBA does come out and what they do decide. Okay, another good question there. Uh, I'll finish on this one because it's a little bit silly, but we've talked about it. Are the Patriots in a position to tank for Trevor Lawrence? It's all you, Scott. Sh short answer, yes. You think so? I do. I do. Why, why not? I mean, Belichick is calculated. Um, we talked about it uh, the other day where he only drafted, you know, de depth at positions of tight end, offensive line, a lot of linebackers. You could see it's calculated in the fact that he's targeting these areas of need now. And if for some reason that they they end up in the top five or whatever, then so be it. He probably knows his job is is fine. He's probably talking with Kraft and saying, this is our plan. This is what we want to do. Um, and if for some reason they end up able to get Lawrence, then th they've already got those assets around him to make him succeed on day one. From a protection standpoint, for sure. I'm not sure they've got the weapons yet, but that can certainly come. I just no, don't think they're going to be bad enough. I, I just don't think they're going to be bad enough. I know the Bills have taken a step forward. I think the Jets and the Dolphins will be a little bit better in that division. But I think I still think in that division right now, they're a seven, at least a seven, eight win team, probably more like a nine. And that's just not going to be enough. <laughs> but if the, if the season starts, I could see Belichick calculating his assets and if he doesn't see what he needs he, he can make some trades or releases on the fly yeah, look, and look you're right i mean if he if he is who we think he is which is this all or nothing guy then be all or nothing because that is the right way to operate from a business standpoint in this league they 
It is literally set up to, if you are the worst, you can draft the best. It, it's, it's one of the only leagues that where that still exists. So um, it does not make sense to win eight games. In any, in any capacity, it does not make sense to win eight games, right? No, win 12 and get yourself deep into the playoffs and give yourself a legitimate chance to win it all or dial it right back. I just think that defense, I know, I know. They let a couple of guys walk, but their secondary is still really strong. They're aging a little bit, but they're, that's a really strong secondary. I, I just can't, I don't think right now that that roster is in place to tank for Trevor Lawrence. So it's, if you, what you were about to say is they're going to have to start removing some pieces either before the season or at the trade deadline, that's fine. I just I don't think they get down into the four or five win range. I, it's just, I, I, I don't think they've done enough. They, they haven't been reckless enough like a Jacksonville has, you know, to kind of show their hands. Uh, like I yeah, said, I think they, there's teams like the Bears, the Giants, who could fall down there faster, or even the Redskins, who could fall faster uh, than them. Yeah, I agree with that. But say they end up with six or seven wins they are in the 10th seed the 10th seed moving up to say the first um is baby that's a big maybe but but if for some reason they were i don't know in the late teens early 20s sure they're gonna probably have to give up more to move higher up in the draft than you would at 10 am i assuming that how about how about i bring it full circle (laughs) How about they just trade a second round pick for Jordan Love next year? <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh my they, goodness. They they hit with Brady in the sixth round, so Yeah, but I mean I wouldn't Yeah, we talked about how there's gonna be movement. Matthew Stafford probably I Yeah. Mean, if Jordan and Love's on the like table, you, said, you take him. You take him. Yeah. And, and like you said, Camp Newton's out there and yeah. so th- th- there's options for them. I think based on the calculated chess moves, I'll say yes, because there's always a plan in mind. Now that plan could be debunked in the next month because they're going to do something else. But right now, I I don't think they're the worst team. We We went down that road last podcast with the top three and New England was not in that conversation. But if they're in a position where they've acquired assets that they can package to move up, I, I would not put that past. Okay, up. I'm going to finish with this question for you. Give me a quick answer. Rapid fire. Ready? Are the Patriots more likely to lose less than, sorry, win less than eight games in 2020 or sign Andy Dalton this summer? Mm. What is less likely? Less likely, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's less likely than seven wins. Yeah, I think so. So you think yeah. they're not going to sign a veteran quarterback, but they're still going to win some games? I do. Okay. I'm, I think yeah. I agree with you. I, I, think, yeah. I think he's just going to push through this. They've got a journeyman who's able to win games and manage a team. So they're, they're going to win some games. But I... I think signing Andy Dalton is less of the two. So I'll say, I'll say this again. It's not the right business move, right? What he's doing, what Belichick is going to do, if that's the plan. If the plan is to take their current roster and just push forward, it is, it's certainly not the right business move because tanking and ripping it down is. But, man, what a, what a vendetta, right? If he wins 12 games with Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham, 
Long live the king, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Long live the king because he has not added a weapon. Literally, has not added a weapon. He's added two rookie tight ends. We have no idea. This wasn't even a tight end class. We have no idea what this offense is going to look like from a weapon standpoint unless Sony Michelle just has the breakout year of all years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not – that's not an offense built to win, that's for sure. But the defense isn't built to lose, and that's why I think they're an eight-win team. But if he wins 12 with this roster, what else can we say, right? All right. Yep. My thanks to Scott Allen. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash track S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com for 40% off. My thanks to a bunch of you on Twitter for getting back to me with some great questions. We'll try to do that a little more every week. Always good to get some, uh, some fresh blood into the show. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Track Podcast. 